You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Merry Christmas yet again. We have celebrated this weekend. So it was Friday night that we had our Christmas Eve service, and we had been walking through the beginnings of the Luke Gospel, getting us to this point. Where Friday night, we heard the first seven verses of Luke 2, and then we'll keep going a little bit further today. This is about the celebration of the biggest birthday in the history of the world. We're going to move into hearing a story that we've heard time and time again. But you know, there are just some things that you can hear over and over, and they never get old. When my grandkids come up to me and say, I love you, Papa, I never think, I've heard this before. I'm glad to hear it every time. Or when Lori and I see each other after a day of work and I hear, I love you, how was your day? I don't think, this again. When you know someone loves you, someone cares for you, someone is in a relationship with you, wants to be committed to you, adores you, wants to do life with you, well, that's something that is good to hear all the time, right? And that's the whole message and meaning of Christmas. That God the Father sent His Son to extend a loving relationship to us. And every Christmas, we revisit this great story of the greatest birth of the greatest person who has ever lived. So again, those first seven verses was Friday night, the birth of Jesus Himself. We continue that story this morning in Luke 2, beginning at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, we may think of shepherds as a prestigious career. That was not so in that day. Now, Jesus would go on to declare himself to be the good shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep. But up until that point, shepherds were sort of the rejected, outcast, marginalized people of society. Because most people would live with other people in town, these are people who lived with animals outside of town. These were the really rural, earthy folks. And because of their status, they couldn't participate in normal religious activities like worship God in the temple or attend the feasts and festivals, partly because they couldn't leave their flock partly because they were considered kind of the low class, the unclean part of society, and partly because some of them had a bad reputation. They were not always honest and sometimes accused of being thieves. So in this really peculiar story, at the birth of Jesus, an angel shows up to them and made the announcement. No one ever went looking for the shepherds. They didn't receive a whole lot of visitors. Good news would only get to them like last. But here's what we see. That God loves everyone and he pursues those that no one pursues. That he invites to himself those who have been rejected. And that's the good news for all of us, right? It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've done, what's been said of you, how others perceive you. Today, God extends a hand of invitation and loving relationship to you as he did the shepherds. The story continues. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to them. So here comes an angel, an angel who is a messenger, minister uh, on behalf of God. And this angel is deployed to give a message about the coming of Jesus into human history. So the angel of the Lord appeared to them, that is, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. All of a sudden, God's heavenly presence is manifesting itself on earth. God's eternal glory is entering into human history. All of a sudden, heaven starts to visit earth. And that heavenly kingdom is revealed around the birth of Jesus Christ. No doubt, they were terrified. And can you imagine this? You're a shepherd out in the middle of nowhere. It's totally dark. It's you and the sheep. Not a lot happening. And all of a sudden, there's this angel. Well, that's different. And the glory of the Lord. And they were afraid. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. What are you afraid of? The most commonly used command in all of the Bible is fear not or do not be afraid. Why? Because we're a people who always seem to have something to fear. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's coming at us. So we live in fear. So one of the things God intends to do is to remove fear by giving us faith. That even though we don't know the future, we trust the one who does. That even though we can't control the future, we trust the one who will. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This is really amazing. Most religions are committed to their people, their kind. You need to be from their lineage, know their language, from their ethnicity. That God is only into their kind, not all kind. And that's why we have so much division globally, especially around the issue of religion. But the good news of Jesus Christ is that he's come not just for a group of people, but for all groups of people. That Jesus loves all nations, all races, all tongues, all colors, all backgrounds. That God is not just for one people group. He's for the whole world. That Jesus is on a rescue mission to seek and save all people from every time and place. Now, we live in a day where there's a longing for unity and reconciliation. But that's only made possible through faith in Jesus Christ. That when all nations and all people and all cultures can gather around him, that's where unity and reconciliation comes. So this is good news of great joy. With Jesus, there is great joy. That's why children are coming to him. You don't see children coming to religious people. The children don't want to hang around religious people. No, no religious person says, man, these kids just won't leave me alone. Jesus gets invited to parties that the religious people wouldn't be caught dead. And he, when he attends those parties, he changes lives. That's good news in Jesus Christ. And if you've noticed, there's not a whole lot of good news out there. 
If you heard the news lately, you just don't get that many stories of people that have been forgiven and loved and embraced. It's not that way because there's sin in the world and with it comes conflict. So only in the person and work of Jesus Christ is there good news all the time. You see, all religions believe in good advice. You know, do this, don't do this. All religions believe in good works, help other people. But only in Christianity. In addition to good advice, which is the truth of Scripture, and good works, is there also good news? And all of that good news is not about what we do. It's about what Jesus has done. It's not about who we are. It's who Jesus is. It's not about what we do to please God. It's what God has done to make us pleasing in his sight. Our problem is sin. And it doesn't matter how many wars we wage, how many elections we hold, how many organizations we start, there is still not good news. People are still suffering and struggling with sin, and Jesus is the only one who can truly deal with that. And the good news is he has come to do just that. Atheism has no good news. There is no God. You come from no one. You're here for no reason. And when you die, you go nowhere. I don't know about you, but when I hear something like that, that doesn't automatically strike good news in my, in my heart. Another religious category is deism. God is there, but he's distant and aloof and he doesn't care. So he says, good luck. You're on your own. That's not good news. That's the kid in home alone. There's no good news in that. A third view is pantheism. And that is that the whole world has this cosmic force that is impersonal and not able to forgive or save or redeem. That's not good news. That's more like, I hope at the end of my life, my, my good outweighs my bad. But there'd never be a time that I could let my guard down. How do I know that I've done enough good? And then the other problem with that is that it's up to me. I've got to make it happen. The problem is we are all sinners by nature and by choice. The truth is if there is no God or God cannot help or won't help, then none of that is good news. So here's the good news. God loves us, God seeks us, God saves us, God pursues us, God forgives us in the person of Jesus Christ. That there is a creator who has entered into creation. That there is a God who enters into human history and he's willing to associate with us. He is willing to live as we do, be tempted, suffer, die and he rises to conquer our deepest enemies of Satan, sin, death, and hell. And he delivers us from the wrath of God. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us eternal citizenship. He gives us his righteousness. All of that is good news. It is good news of great joy for all the people. And it's all about the birthday of this man, Jesus Christ. And then we're told three things the same three things that the shepherds are told by this angel. Today in the town of David, 
A Savior has been born for you. He's the Savior. You need a Savior. Someone who saves you, defends you, rescues you. That we don't have to save ourselves. That we trust in the one who has come to be our Savior. They're also told he is the Messiah. That's in Hebrew. Greek would be the Christ. It means the anointed one, the chosen one. That there is no one like him, no one alongside of him. There is no one who says what he says or does what he does because there is no one who is what he is. And that's God becoming a man to seek us, to save us, to love us, to heal us, to forgive us, to bring us hope and redemption and joy and a future. And then he is the Lord. That's a kingly title. And when you think of Jesus, don't just think of him as a baby in a manger. But think of him as a God on a throne because that's how he is right now. He's in a place of exalted glory. And you're going to see in just a second that angels are there to worship him. And they always do that. But he's in glory. In John 12, 41, John records what Isaiah saw 700 years before Jesus was born. John says, Isaiah saw Jesus and spoke of his glory. That's Jesus in his glory, ruling and reigning. And he was humble enough to get off the throne and come into a manger. God willing to come into human history. But if you were to see Jesus today, you would not see him in his humility. You would see him in glory. You would not see him in a manger you would see him on a throne. You would not see him surrounded by shepherds, but surrounded by angels. And with those angels, on that first Christmas, what they did is they took their heavenly worship and they brought it down to earth. You know what? We will do the reverse. We will take our earthly worship and we'll bring it up to heaven. All of this because he is Lord. And it means he rules over all peoples and times and places and cultures and languages. There is no one in authority over him. There is no one alongside of him. That he is the most high God. The only God. The message to the shepherds continue. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And if you don't know him, you cannot disregard him. You have to make a decision about him. Will you respond to him? You'll see in a second, that's what the shepherds do. With that angel's announcement about the baby, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. So... Now there's a whole angelic choir that comes down from heaven, surrounds this poor peasant couple, Mary and Joseph. They're in a manger where animals are kept. There's a baby sitting in a feeding trough and the angels show up. And they're revealing who this baby is, his true identity. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Here is the anointed one, the chosen one, the awaited one. And they begin worshiping him, praising God and saying, 
glory to God in the highest heaven. So to God alone belongs the glory. That means that Jesus is not to be somewhere on our list of priorities. He's to be the center of our life around which the rest of our life orbits. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace on those to whom his favor rests. Our world is devoid of good news. Our world is devoid of peace. You cannot have peace if you do not know God. Until you have peace with God, you cannot have peace with others. It is the peace with God that gives us the peace of God. You see, when you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to know that God is no longer angry with you. He loves you. God is no longer seeking to punish you. He is seeking to help you. God is no longer seeking to bring justice against you. All he has is mercy for you. That when you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you enter into this divine peace, a place of God's blessings. It's not because of what you have done. It's by what Jesus has done. Not because of what or who you are, but because of what and who Jesus is. It has nothing to do with what you can achieve. It's all about what you have received. Good news of great joy for all people. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. I mean, can you imagine this? You're a shepherd. You're an outcast. You're in the middle of nowhere. It's dark. It's you and some animals that you talk to. I mean, it's kind of like you do camping for a living. And all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord shows, shows out around you. And angels speak to you and begin singing. And you get this heavenly choir and you got to figure out how do I get to Jesus I need to see this baby you know that's what Christianity is, is all about it's about getting information from God revelation from God and then acting on it look at what the shepherds did They literally made steps toward Jesus. That would be my encouragement to you today, to gather nearer to him. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. It's like, you'll never know, you'll never guess what happened. Yeah, an angel started talking to us and told us about this baby who is God. All of this, Is God revealing, make it abundantly clear, the Messiah is here, the Savior's here, the one you've been longing for and waiting for, he's finally arrived. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God reveals, we respond. That's the pattern. 
Jesus Christ is revealed as Lord, God, Savior, King in all of his glory. With that, what do the angels do? They respond by singing and celebrating and worshiping. And when you sing the praises of Jesus, you need to know that it's our voice joining with the angelic voices. And all of that ascends into the presence of our Lord Jesus. And as we worship, we participate in something supernatural. As we sing to the Lord Jesus, he hears those songs. And all of a sudden, his, the kingdom of God is now among the people of God. And there is a connection between heaven and earth because of worship. Well, then how do the shepherds respond? They sing as well. It is described that they were glorifying and praising God. But in addition, they told others about Jesus. Part of our worship is singing to Jesus. Part of our worship is sharing Jesus with others. So think about who Jesus has brought into your life, family, friends, who do you work with? And for these people who don't know Jesus, their biggest problem is sin and they need a savior. So rather than getting frustrated with them because of who they are, Introduce them to Jesus so you can see who they become. Some of us may think, well, they'll reject me. Remember, it's good news of great joy for all people. And God gives us opportunities to share him with other people. That's part of our worship. Not just to be frustrated with other people because of their sin, but to be hopeful for other people because there is a Savior. Let me say this. The most important thing about you is your belief in Jesus Christ. You know what his name means, the name Jesus, God saves, as in God saves us from our sins. You see, Jesus has come not just to give us a good example. Jesus did not come just to give us some good deeds. He came to give us good news, that sin is our problem. And that he is our solution. That there is only one Savior, one Lord, one God, one path, one hope. And his name is Jesus. And apart from Jesus, there is no victory over sin. Apart from Jesus, there is no eternal life. Apart from Jesus, there is no resurrection. There is no presence of God. There's no good news apart from Jesus. We each have a decision to make about who Jesus is and what he has done. But know that his claims are too staggering. He claimed to be God. That his works are too magnificent. He walked on water. He healed people of their sickness. He freed people of their physical and spiritual torment. He caused dead to rise. And this weekend, we remember the most significant birth in the history of the world. So who do you say Jesus is? Who do you believe Jesus is? Who are you trusting that Jesus is? He saves his people from their sins. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.